Welcome to Couch Buddies. I'm Kia. And I'm Michelle. And we're we're going with kind of another like late 90s sort yeah. of staple, I guess sure. you could call it. It felt like it was everywhere for a while. That is true. We we are talking about the movie Never Been Kissed. Never Been Kissed is a 1999 film. Stars Drew Barrymore, David Arquette, Michael Vartan, Molly Shannon, John C. Riley, Gary Marshall, Cress Williams, Lily Sobieski, Octavia Spencer, and more. Uh, oh, yeah. Directed by, I'm going to butcher this name, so I apologize. It's either Raja. I think it's Raja. It's yeah. Raja. Raja Gosnell, who did a directed movie such as Home Alone 3, <laughs> Scooby-Doo 1 and 2. Okay. Yours, mine, and ours, the new one. Oh, okay. I got really confused because I was like, I thought James Gunn did the Scooby. No, he wrote, wrote them. He yep. wrote them. He did not direct them. Okay. Smurfs 1 and 2. Okay, I'm seeing a pattern. Big Mama's House. Oh my god. I had blocked those movies out of... And he was... Before that, he was a film editor. Uh Uh-huh. He edited the movie Home Alone and Pretty Woman. Fun! Yeah, so I was... Well, that explains some things. (laughs) I was writing this down. I was like, oh, okay. So it was written by Abby Kahn and Mark Silverstein, who have written such films... As I Feel Pretty with Amy Schumer, The Vow, He's Just Not That Into You, and Valentine's Day. Oh, that explains so much. Yep, yep. I started reading this and I went, huh. Yep, the director and the writers, between the two of them, a lot of stuff makes sense. Yeah. Uh, it has an IMDb rating of 6.1 out of 10. Mm-hmm. And a 55% Rotten Tomato rating. However, that is post-release, like, because mm-hmm. it was 99, yeah. so Rotten Tomato started yet. So I looked up the Ebert rating. Three out of four. Are you fucking kidding me? I would like to read you a selection, if I might. Oh, my God. So, I'm not going to read the whole thing, obviously. Yeah. Um, uh... I did crack because at the beginning of the movie you find out that Drew, that Drew Barrymore's character is a copy editor. Yeah. Uh, and this was the very like, I recommend this film's use as a rec- recruiting film, not because it offers a realistic view of journalistic life. I'm I'm de- I'm getting into that. Oh but my because god. Who Hold would want to be a copy editor like Barrymore? <laughs> but anyway, so the blah 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 blah. He gives the whole the whole setup, uh, which I'm not going to read all that. Uh, but the end of it, this is this was this is what he said. Um, I'm so frightened right now. Never Been Kissed is not deep or sophisticated, but it's funny and big-hearted and it wins us over. The credit goes to Barrymore. In this movie, and Ever After, and in The Wedding Singer, where I liked her a lot more than in this movie, or sorry, I liked her a lot more than the movie, she emerges as a real star, an actor whose personality and charisma are the real subject of the story. Uh, Never Been Kissed ends in a scene that in any other movie I would have hooted at. Without revealing it, I'll identify it as the five-minute wait. This scene is so contrived and artificial, it should be subtitled, Shameless Audience Manipulation. But you know what? Because the wait involved Barrymore, I actually cared. Oh my gosh. So, basically, he loves Drew Barrymore, and that's what gave it the good score. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I've been watching Drew Barrymore since I was a kid. Yeah. Because, like... Like I grew up with ET, yeah, and we've talked, we've mentioned, you know, babes, the the babes in Toyland, like with Keanu, TV, Reeves, with yeah. Keanu Reeves, that TV movie, and I've just seen her in a lot of stuff, like most of my life. So maybe I'm like slightly immune to that kind of charm. 
I don't know. I but man, there there were a lot of other things in this movie that I'm like I, I had I was way more interested in. Um, if you haven't seen it, the very brief synopsis is a nerdy reporter goes undercover at a high school, reliving her agonizing adolescence, but finding love for the first time. Yeah. I oh man, it's a movie. It's a movie. I there are aspects of it I like. Yes. There are some gorgeous shots toward the end. There are. I <laughs> and again, having not watched, I probably have not watched this movie since college. I haven't watched it in a very long time. Yeah. Uh, it has been a very long time since I've watched this movie. And I had this kind of conflated sense of certain characters' roles within the structure of the movie. <laughs> I remembered David Arquette having a lot less to do <laughs> and Michael Vartan having a lot more to oh, do. Oh, that would have been a better movie. Yes. <laughs> I love Michael Vartan. I will say that unashamedly. Oh, I do too. And if you don't know who Michael Vartan is, because I haven't seen he him anything really in a while. do a ton. Uh, his yeah. big thing was Alias. He was, which I want to watch and have not. Like, yeah. I started watching it and couldn't get through the beginning because I didn't know Brad Bradley Cooper was in it, and that really threw my brain into a loop <laughs> that I hadn't expected. And there was just some stuff I didn't, well, I was having trouble getting getting my head around. And so I know he was in that, and then he was in Monster-in-Law. Yes. Which I really like. Well, and I watched him, um, the main, like, I did watch a little bit of Alias, but because of the time frame of, like, when it came out, I was so busy with high school stuff and then entering college, I just... It, I, I just didn't have, and because at this time, you know, DVR and, yeah. you know, like all that wasn't really a thing. So I just didn't have time to keep up with it. Um, so I missed a lot of, but occasionally we would see, like, I, I would watch like reruns of it or whatever in, in a lounge with Danny somewhere. Oh yeah. Um, Cause it usually came on like before another thing we were watching. Mm-hmm. And so I would watch a little bit of that. And like, he always like stood out to me in that. And then um, um, it's Okay. The book is not great. The movie is okay. Uh, the Mist of Avalon. Oh, yeah. Uh, he plays Lancelot. I, there's so much of that movie that, like, I'm way more interested in what he's doing than, like, virtually anybody else. Um, but the other thing, like, the thing I've seen him in most recently, it was a TNT series that only ran for two seasons, and that's because it went off the goddamn rails in, <laughs> in like, the se- Maybe it ran for three. But in, like... Yeah. It, it went, oh my god, it went off the rails. <laughs> uh, it was the show Hawthorne on, oh, yeah. on TNT. And it was, it was Jada Pinkett Smith and him and like there, you know, just a few other kind of like character actors. That. He was in it and he, the thing, the whole synopsis is that, or not the synopsis, but it, you know, she's, she's a nurse mm-hmm. and, you know, like she's, runs the basically runs the whole hospital like she's the one who knows what's going on and takes care of everything and he's the doctor who works there and he's known her for forever mm-hmm. and it does it did the thing that i hate and it's the thing that you and i like complain about all the time is that they've known each other forever they they've kind of had a thing but she was married and and then her husband died and so now it's like he's been wait trying to wait the appropriate amount of time yeah when's the right moment now when, when is the right moment and then like they finally sleep together 
she gets pregnant. The, the final series starts, like, with them getting married, and it's like, oh, yay, happy times. No. And literally, like, the like the afternoon that they're married, she, like, they get called into the hospital because of, like, some big accident, and she gets off work before him and gets attacked in the parking garage and loses the baby. And oh. so then, like, it goes on this whole fucking spiral. And it was like, okay, they literally had... Like a nanosecond of happiness. And then it, like, fucking writers, man, tore it away. That's why I won't watch a show called Saving Hope. Yes. I watched the very the first little bit of it. It was on NBC for the first season. It was it was a Canadian show. Yeah. And NBC did the first season in the summer. And it starts Michael Shanks' American Rants. That's why I watched right. it. And the first episode starts with him going to get married, and they get in a car accident, and he's in a coma for most of the first season. Right. And he, he like, sees dead people. It's a whole thing. <laughs> It's a whole thing. The, but he wakes up. I didn't up. know about the seeing dead people. Well, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He doesn't see dead people. He sees other people in comas, and he has to help them either cross over or solve their business so they can... <laughs> but when he wakes up, he oh can still god. see them. Oh, my God. It's a whole thing. I just thought it was a cheesy movie. <laughs> no, 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 no. They all said it's supernatural. Yeah. But oh here's god. the thing that pissed me off, and I found uh, out about it, and so I won't watch it. Spoilers for the series. If you have any interest, I think it's on Hulu. If you have any interest, don't listen right now. Give me like 30 seconds. He dies in the finale after they get married. Oh my god. I was like, why? Why would I watch four seasons of that? Yeah. Only to be in pain. Anyway, so that's but yeah, same. But yeah. It, it's like why why can't you give he, people just a little nanosecond? He, he and Jada Pinkett Smith, they had like this, they played off each other so well. Mm-hmm. And like they worked so fucking well together. And then after like she gets attacked and like lose the baby. Like, lose the baby. Like, all of a sudden, it's like their characters go in two completely different directions. Mm-hmm. And so, it's like, they're married, but basically by the end of the season, it's like, well, maybe we should get divorced. Oh, that's stupid. And it's, it's, it, oh, yeah. I was happy they canceled it after that point. Like, it was so bad. But I have, I've loved him for a long time. Just yeah. be, Like, he hasn't done a ton of stuff. But he's got this, like, kind of reminds me of the guy who plays Jake in Sweet Home Alabama. Like, oh. they have, like, that face. Josh Lucas? Yeah. They have that kind of face. Yeah. But I like Michael Vartan's acting better. Yeah. Like, if that makes any sense. Like, I think I think Lucas is fine. Josh Lucas is fine. But, like, Josh I, Lucas? Yes, I'm like, I believe it I was is. like, I'm second-guessing like, myself. I'm, like, 95% sure you're right. But, um, but anyway, I really like Michael Vartan. So, getting to, like, are, part of it is from this movie and Monster-in-Law. Because that's the only two things I've really seen him in. But I really just, there, there's okay. an earnestness to There's him. an earnestness. And, like, he, there is such, like, a stoic, kind of, like, quiet dignity that he has. Yes. Yeah. And it gives, like, no matter, like, how ridiculous a thing he's doing, like, he gives, like, credibility and gravitas to what he's doing. Yeah. And it's, it's an, you know, it's not an easy feat, especially in, like, something like this. Yeah. But he's, like, he sells it so hard. And, which is why, like, he's, like, he's so good at it. It makes the whole, like, plot of this, like, so weird. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, like definitely. I have, oh, I have opinions. Well, and then just to like to a couple of people that are, that people may not know. So David Arquette, yes. <laughs> is another one that's not super in a lot of stuff anymore. He's a big, he does a lot of produ- producing. Yes, his ex wife Courtney Cox from Friends. She was Courtney Cox Arquette on Friends. They they met 
They met on, on Scream, Scream which is what, in all three movies. So if you've seen Scream, he's the deputy in Scream. Yeah, he's Deputy Dewey. And I, I, I liked him a lot in Scream. A lot. Oh my god, he's so good. Um, but anyway, so, so that's who he is. Uh, most of the other people you're going to know, Drew Barrymore, still, everybody knows she is. Mm-hmm. Molly Shannon. John C. Riley has become more famous since this movie. Yes. Gary Marshall, my heart. Well, and then, like, you know, this movie, like, you had, like, Jessica Alba and... and, and I didn't and, mention them, yeah. And Jessica Alba and, like, Marley Shelton... Yeah. ...were, you know, two of, like, I I can never remember any of their the names. The girls. The, they're, they're the mean girls. They're those girls. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're the... But this is pre-mean girls. Yes. So it's like, they're kind of a prototype mean yes, girls. Yes, they which, absolutely yeah. are a prototype yeah. mean girl. And then... And, well, and then it was James Franco's for like... It Franco was, has a... Like, like, he's in it, but he's not, like, he's not, like, front and center in it, which is so he's weird. He's not. Yeah, it, like... Like, this was literally his like film debut. I wish he was Guy. Oh, I like the guy who plays Guy. Guy is fine. In fact, his name is Guy, and he's the the guy at school. Cracks me up. Yeah, Guy, Guy, guys, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't help it. But anyway, but then it, Chris Williams, who plays George, in this George, oh yeah, man, he is now Black Lightning. That's like, right. He's a superhero now. Yeah. On in the Arrowverse, which I think that's great. Like I was like, oh man, that's why I know Chris Williams. There's always this <laughs> right. like piece of my brain when I see him in Black Lightning. I'm like, how do I know? Him? Oh, yes, right. right. He was never been kissed. He's George. He's my one of my favorite characters in this movie. Yeah. George and uh, Anita and Roger are not Roger. Sorry, George, Anita, and Gus are probably my three favorite characters yeah. in this movie. But I and I, I love Lily Sobieski too. Who I, also was, I was I was going yeah. to get to her. Like I had such a crush on her. I love her. Oh my gosh! What? Like the the movie. It's like uh, Heaven on Earth. I was, gonna, like, I was yeah. gonna talk about yes. Yeah, that movie. Like and she's I kinda, heartbreaking. I kind of want to cover that movie at some point oh, God, if we can find it. it. Oh. Uh, but literally, I remember watching the movie and it's God, heartbreaking. God bless my ex boyfriend Tommy. <laughs> Because he and I, because we were teenagers, and so, like, we lived in a very small town. There was nothing to do except either go to the movies or rent movies. And so he and I would spend a lot of Saturdays over at his parents' house, and we would literally just, like, go to the video store and, like, rent a sack of movies and just hang out and watch them together. And I watched a lot of really dumb kind of, like, Jean-Claude Van Damme stuff for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also watched a lot of really weird horror movies. <laughs> um, but he sat through quite a few teenage rom-coms for me. And because we had gone, like, <laughs> we technically snuck in. Um, we weren't allowed, but the guy was like, eh, whatever, I don't care, I'm getting off work. And, like, let us in to see American Pie 2, even though we weren't technically old enough. Yeah. And so, because of that, I was like, oh, okay, this, you know, this movie, Heaven or whatever the hell it's called. It, from, I think it's Heaven on Earth, or, oh man, it's something like that, yeah. I keep thinking Down to Earth, but that's, that's, the, Chris, Chris that's, Rock. that's the Chris Rock movie. Yeah, uh, it's something like that, though. It's not, it's not here on Earth. It's something to, yeah. like, those words are in, all involved. Yeah, I can't remember, but thank you, like, you're gonna look it up. Yeah, go ahead. So I will continue to bloviate. But anyway, uh... It's like, I remember, like, we were renting it. I knew nothing about the movie, but I was like, oh, it's got Chris Klein. We liked him in American Pie. This has... I like Chris Klein. Yeah, like, this has Chris Klein. And, like, Josh Hartnett. Like, we liked him from the faculty. Not sure who this girl is, but, like, let's watch this movie. I didn't give two shits about Josh Hartnett and Chris Klein. And... It is here on Earth. Here on Earth! Okay. Yeah. I really... I remember renting that movie. I really liked it. And, yeah, like, I honestly... 
Like, I can't really tell you much about the movie. I know she's dying. I know she, that's, because. That's the part I remember. That's the part that I remember, too. It, I was, like, because I was watching this movie and thinking, like, wow, this is, like, so many of my Lurley McDaniel books. Yeah. And it was, like, it was, um, oh, gosh, The Fault in Our Stars before The Fault in Our Stars. Yeah, Lurley McDaniel was, like, the prelude to all of those things. Yeah. And movies, like, here on Earth. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, like, listeners, if we have any younger listeners, I'm telling you, there is a whole world of, like, cheesy, like, YA novels that before the, you know, John Greens and the Maureen Johnsons and the, you know, I have nothing against these people. I love them greatly. Yeah. But, man, there there was a whole, like, (laughs) how, how did I, somebody put it one day, it was basically like a ghostwriter sweatshop. Yeah, with <laughs> I mean that's with, accurate. With you know Anna Martin and you know yep. with the Babysitters Club books and the Sweet Valley Highs and the Lurley Carolyn Keene, Carolyn Keene, all of that. Well, because they, they tried to do a high school Nancy Drew series and yeah. like or not high school, I'm sorry, college Nancy Drew yeah. series, and it like lasted like three books because she wasn't with Ned. I'm sorry, you break up with Ned, right. You die. But that's it, all there is to it. I mean, <laughs> like so this, this movie. I think this was a little bit before. Uh, here on Earth, or something like that, because I think she's a little, I don't, I think it's after. Is it? I think it was, Here on Earth was 97, I believe. Man. You, I just looked at it. Yeah, okay. I mean, but anyway, yeah, I spent, maybe just after. I said, I, I, I did not give a crap about, like, it is just after. It is the okay. year after. Like, oh, yeah, she was I in just, Joan of Arc. She was Joan of Arc in the 99 Joan of Arc movie. That's right. I did see that, but I didn't quite understand the historical context of it. And so a lot of that movie just went right over my head. <laughs> um, because I, I had such a crush on her. Yeah, I, she and was amazing. I Man. This I, was the first thing I saw her in, for sure. Yeah. But anyway. I, man, yeah. I want more of her. So like, we're... If, <laughs> Left yeah, the movie. If, I was gonna say, if you haven't figured it out, like I'm just like talking about all kinds of other stuff because you I don't want to have the movie. I don't want to. So we're gonna talk about the movie, movie now. So the movie, the movie opens at the end, which is a nice bookmark mm-hmm. or book thing. Although it also opens with a really weird '90s version of Catch a Falling Star, but that's fine. It's not bad. It's just not what I expected. <laughs> it's, um, it, yeah, it's very '90s. I can't remember who does it. We yeah. meet Josie Geller. Josie Geller is a copy editor at the Chicago Sun Times. She wants to be a reporter. She keeps giving ideas to her boss. Okay. There's a distinction that I want to get into. Mm-hmm. She keeps talking about how like how she wants to write. She doesn't want to copy edit. She wants to write. Mm-hmm. And I have many problems with this because you know, she says she wants to write. Like she wants to be, you know, she wants to be the reporter. And and Gus counters with you know, oh, it's the, you know, like, the journalists who go, like, out into the middle of the war zones and all this. And the thing that I... that I, He basically tells her she's too timid. Yes. And I kept... The thing that frustrated me, because the last time I saw this movie, I did not have the life experience I have now, in which, since then, I have worked at a newspaper. And the like the thing that kept pissing me off about this movie is that, and at some point when we will get to the quote because I have it, it's like when she's talking about you know like having that first you know that quote unquote first kiss and everything, yeah. and you know Octavia Spencer like I 
fuck, I love her. I mm-hmm. forgot she was in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she just says, dang, girl, you are a writer. And I had, like, I would just, sc- I literally scream. I'm like, there's a difference between a journalist and a writer. Absolutely, yeah. Because the the like well, and the structure of this movie and like the like the things that we learned about Josie she would be a great columnist columnist she would be a author. great she would be a great feature writer feature you, writer you and yeah. I took feature writing together yeah I love feature she writing she would be great at that but here like here's the thing and like you know I'm not gonna like toot my own horn here or whatever I think I'm a decent writer mm-hmm. like and you know I write things that I'm proud of. I was a journalist for a year. I couldn't fucking hack it as a journalist. Like, I am not a journalist. I am a writer. Mm-hmm. And the way that they present this in the movie is that they want her... Like, she is not an undercover journalist. She Like, she's a columnist. Like, And the thing... Like, I just kept thinking about it. I'm like, okay. Like... I like it. I don't know. It just annoyed me. Yeah, what she writes at the end of the story is a column. It's it is not a column. A, it's it, not is not, a it is not an article. article. Yeah, it's really not. And like the fact that this it's movie, an article in that it appears in a newspaper. That is the only that, way it's that an is article. the only way it's an article. Yeah. and you know, I just it's not thinking, even a good feature writing piece. I'm gonna be honest with you. It's not like I like I didn't think about it until you're bringing it up. But but like the whole piece is about herself, and that's not a bad thing. But that's not necessarily what you read. Like the spotlight in the newspaper the, for is someone. Know, it's just a thing. The, like, well, the, just, like the thing, like for me, the, there was no actual hard hitting journalism story for sure. Exactly that because you know there there are you know like I got to thinking about it, I was like okay there there are plenty of uh, like there are plenty of like female journalists who you know who have done. Like there are degrees of them, mm-hmm. and and like the the most famous ones are like the television journalists, and that like the mm-hmm. te- you know like your your Katie Couric's and your Diane Sawyer's and your Barbara Walters, like these kind of people. Mm-hmm. Media, like uh, you know, television journalism is a whole different kettle of fish from print journalism. It yes. really, really is, and like you know, there were examples like okay, Nora Ephron. Nora Ephron was a journalist. She was a columnist. Yeah. Um, you know, there's Jane Mayer, who she was an investigative journalist. And she, like, ended up writing a book on, like, blowing open, like, all kinds of bullshit for the Bush administration. You have Gloria Steinem. She's an activist, and she founded Ms. Magazine. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, then, you like, going going back, you have, you know, Ida B. Wells, who, like, who investigated, like, who did reports on, like, lynchings in the South and all this kind of shit. Like, there are different levels of, like, there are mm-hmm. different types of reporters, and, but the thing that most of, like, the, like, these specific women that I'm talking about, they have, there is a level of steel to them. There is a level of aggression that you have to have to be a reporter. And yeah. like in some respects watching this movie, like it was like holding up a mirror to my 2008 self and and seeing like okay, this is why I didn't. Like this is why I couldn't hack it. Cuz one like I am great at taking in information. I am not good at turning like finding the story in that information. And that is what her problem is. She like she sees all of these things and she you know she's going under and like trying to like oh well this is the story and guys like no that is not the story. That's not a story. That that is not a story. 
And like, and that was my problem. Like I said, I am great at taking in all of the information and I love talking to my sources and, and like getting down the details, but I didn't know what, I didn't know how to write the story. And that's because to be fair, like my teachers were not that great. And like, and I was very green and, and that's her problem. She steps off into the deep end of reporting without having a shred of experience yeah. because you know, the copy editor at our paper, he had been a journalist before he was a copy editor. So he knew how to take apart this, you know, how to yeah. take apart the article and say, you know, cut this. This is not part of your story. And like Wiley was a better teacher to me than like my actual teachers. And like, you should know, like, if you were in that position, you should know what your story is. And she doesn't know how to find it. And that is why, like, I have a big problem with this. And that, yes, the story is literally, like, staring her in the face. Is like, when they point out, like, oh, this guy is, like, attracted to you. Do you, like, you know that, right? And she's like, oh, no, 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 no. Well, and she doesn't, she doesn't want to get him in any. She doesn't want to get him in trouble. And, like, and I respect that. Yeah. But also watching, watching this movie, like, in a post Weinstein world. Yeah. Like, it, I was like, mm, yeah, this mm, not okay. And it also doesn't help that I just read Ronan Farrow's Catch and Kill book. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm like, I had lots of thoughts about, I had lots of thoughts about a lot of real world things watching this movie. Yeah. And I'm sorry, like, tirade over, but it was literally <laughs> yeah. just, oh, yeah. It's like it, it's it, it was like a Venn diagram of my personal experiences, and I was like, I just I have to let it out. I am sorry, but yeah, the point is Josie's not aggressive. Josie, the character no. Josie Geller, is not an aggressive character. She's not an aggressive person. She she's she's confident staying in the background. That seems to make her the happiest. Mm -hmm. She's a very supportive friend. We learn very quickly um, from how she is with Gus and Anita. Mm -hmm. Which Molly Shannon playing Molly Shannon? I mean, <laughs> playing it's, half the characters Molly Shannon's played, but she yeah. gets a maturity throughout the movie too she that does. I really love. Um, the, <sighs> Gary Marshall as the—I'm not sure if he's the owner of the paper. That's my assumption. Is he's the owner? They never full out say it. The he might be the publisher. Maybe the publisher. Yeah, that's uh, fair. that. That sounds more like yeah. what he is to me. That he's but, the publisher because he's enough that he can come in and go, "Hey, you're doing this. I don't care what everybody else said. It's what you're doing. It's what mm -hmm. I said. What I say goes. Go do it." So that's how she gets her big job, even though you know Gus is like, "You're not ready for this." Which she's only 25, so. So there's a good chance she's not, and she she had a hideous experience in high school. She did, and so which she's okay, not the right choice to go back to high a, school. That is another thing for me. By the way, bullying should have been her real article, but anyway, bullying absolutely should have been her. Oh article. my god! But nobody was doing those. Yeah, I know. I, no, I was like, no, that's how you know it's a pre-certain era movie because no, the bullying is ridiculous. No, nobody was doing any stories on bullying until after Columbine. Yeah, and those kids weren't bullied. Yeah. Um. Sorry. Read, That's yeah, side rant. Yeah, read the book Columbine. Um, sorry, I'm just like dropping all kinds of stuff today. You're anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, nobody was doing those stories. And uh, man, I had I had. I'm sorry, a, no, I, I will say I, I had a point, and I was gonna it, make it, it was her and high I school. lost it. I stepped on her high. School. Her, her like her high school experience. Okay, that's sorry. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, the thing that I remembered when okay when she's talking about. You know, like, she goes and she's talking to her brother, Rob. Oh, Rob. <laughs> Rob is so, so I, weird. I have thoughts about Rob. Rob has so many problems. And, and like, and he's talking, he's like, don't you remember high school? She's like, it was just so long ago. 
It was literally six years ago. Yeah, I know. We're, we're sitting here, you know, at like way past that. I graduated high school 16 years ago. Yeah. No, I, more than 17 now. Is it 15 for me then? Yes. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, it's just, it's I graduated, almost 16. Yeah, yeah, I graduated high school 17 years ago. Yeah. At, at the point that she is being 25 would have been like, she's basically been out of college maybe a year. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's like if she went directly from college into into a job. Yeah. Like I was like I was still going to like hanging out with people from high school at that point. Yeah. You she know? wouldn't be. <laughs> she definitely wouldn't be. But that's the other like, you know, she had like a decent friend. I cannot remember the friend's name, but played by uh, Marissa Jarrett Winoker. It's because it's the only time we see her is it's that literally- one time when she's like, Billy Prince is asking you to the prom. Yeah. That's the when- only time we see the friend. Yeah, which... Where was the friend when that people were dumping Sprite down her back? That's what yeah, I want to know. But like, it was, it's like, to, like, for how, like, that one moment, and it could be just, like, the ebullience of Marissa Jeremy Oker, who I I loved her. Oh, yeah, I loved oh, her. Oh, my God, I loved her. Yeah. But, you know, it could be just her, like, enthusiasm and everything. I felt like a, con- like, I was like, okay, there's something here. Like, they're good friends. Like, they're yeah. within, like, the same social strata. Yeah. And I was like, okay... Like six years later, I'm like, I would like, I would probably still be friends with her. But she like, seems like she cut everything. From yes, exactly. I was like, what? What happened? Like, that story sounds more interesting. Let's I know. Watch that I was story. like, six years after high school is not that long. Yeah. And and they're like, you know, this movie is set in '99. It's six years. It's about you know six years later. So. It would have been like the early '90s that she graduated, and with it, what she's wearing, it's the '80s though. Like. It feels like two completely different eras. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I don't know. That dress she's wearing to prom, that is a... That is an 80s dress. That is an 80s dress. Although what happens to her is still horrific. Yes. And, like, she was horribly bullied. Like, and I I will say, this is going to sound so bad, I hated the way that this movie was structured. Yes. The flashbacks were so... Like, a couple of times they were good, but... But they were so, like, I felt weirdly put in. Yes. It just felt so weird to me. And, like, I didn't think some of them were necessary. No. I didn't, like, I just, oh. I don't think some of what happened was necessary. I I agree. This movie, there's at one point, like, in my notes, I have how is there still 40 minutes left of this movie. My thing, and and I told Josh this, my husband, when he came home. I was like, so the first ten minutes of the movie, I I, I enjoy for the most mm-hmm. part, and then you got thirty to forty minutes that I'm I want to fast forward through all of it. Yeah, I did because too. I don't like secondhand embarrassment, and there's a lot of that. There's so much more secondhand um, embarrassment than I remember. Oh, see, I remembered that. That was the thing I remember going in. The thing I've never forgotten is that the spilling of the chocolate milk on her white pants. No one wears white jeans. Anyway. Okay, no one wears white jeans, and who the fuck takes the cap off? Because it is a bottle. Yeah, she took the cap off. Yeah, it's, it's it, dumb. Like, who it's the fuck, stupid. yeah, who, who takes and, the cap off and the bottle the, while they're the, walking around? The eating the cake in the club and everything that happens after that. I hate those scenes. Oh my god. With a, pa- her, like, with a passion. Her getting hot, like, her, her eating... I hate it. Her eating the edible... It was so fucking stupid. Like, it did not need to be there. No. I'm like... I've always contended that it didn't need to be there. It That does not need to be there. I mean, there's just... There's so much in this movie that 
is there because it was a 90s comedy and you yeah. had to have things in a 90s comedy. Now they did go out of their way to make sure that there isn't any underage shenanigans with between the like between older people and younger people. Guy doesn't even go for a kiss ever when he asks her to prom. Yeah, I know. I was like, "Really?" I mean, not that I want it to happen because right. questionable choices, the, but like, you're just gonna ask this girl prom and like, I, you've never been on a date with her? Like, really? But it, but like, I loved know, it, but in it was, a weird yeah. way, I kind of get it because all of a sudden now she represents a whole different like social status that, yeah, that true. like now that she is the most popular girl and he has, in his mind, has decided. Yeah. That she represents a level of popularity. And obviously, he's not going to go with any of the Barbies. Yes, they already got guys. Because they already have guys. Because they're paired off like lemmings. Yeah. And, and so, he has to have he has to have something stellar. He yeah. has to have something we'll get, we'll get to that. But yeah. I, mean, I, just, I did appreciate that they did kind of go out of their okay. way to avoid that. And she even tries to warn Rob about it. And Rob eventually does come around to the correct perspective. <laughs> it takes him way too long. It, t- it takes him way too long. I, I will admit a line I had never noticed before is that when they're having that party mm-hmm. and the girl Tracy, mm-hmm. who is sixteen, mm-hmm. is coming on to and Rob, Rob is twenty three. Is twenty three, which Arquette being younger than her is <laughs> the truth. So strange. So I thought their their ages were flipped in my head when I started watching it. I thought she was the younger. I woman always here. I always thought he yeah, was before, the older sibling. Yeah. Before I was taking notes, I thought the same. Well, and the other thing that I found really weird, the uh, which okay, I freaked out for a moment when I was when I pulled this movie up because it listed some of the cast and it said Jeremy Jordan, and I went, "What the?" I fuck? did the same thing, but it's not that Jeremy Jordan. It's not that Jeremy Jordan. I was like, it's, he's not it, guy. It is. It is not. It is not Jeremy mind. Jordan of stage and screen. It's, it's a, a different Jeremy. It's Jordan. a different Jeremy Jordan who really has not done anything since this movie. Yeah. No. Um. But he. Um. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, David um, Arquette is like, younger the, but than... But that, that guy was four years older than Drew Barrymore. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is going on here, people? Yeah, it's weird. Um, but, but the... Anyway. Oh, man. Just, but yeah, so her brother Rob works at the Tiki Post. Mm-hmm. And she goes and buy and borrows his car because she needs a crap car to go back to school. Mm-hmm. Oh, we have the, the whole description of the... The kiss too that we didn't really oh, talk yeah, about. Oh yeah, yeah, I have that. But yeah, she's eating lunch with Octavia Spencer and uh, Anita. I don't remember Octavia Spencer's name. Uh, they never give a name, do they not? Okay, I, and I so, didn't. But I they're didn't her. They're her work friends for sure. She and Anita are super close. Yeah, and and yeah, there's there's which, this moment yeah. where they're talking about because because Anita Anita's sex crazed, which Molly Shannon and a lot of her stuff was. In the in the nineties, because yeah, because Molly Shannon played a type, and that character is also a type. Yeah, and so she she is a cardboard figure. Yeah, so yeah, that so she's talking about you know hooking up with Roger, and we need to get her. We need to get Josie a guy. Did you catch who Roger was? Roger Nomad. He looked familiar. Ten second Tom. Yep, it is. Yep. Man, anyway. But yeah, so while they're talking about it, Josie kind of admits she's never... I, I have... She says I have she's the, never really been kissed. Yeah, I have I have the quote here. You know, Anita's pushing Josie to date and everything, and, and Josie says, you know, well, I've kissed guys. I've just never felt that thing. You know, the thing when everything around you becomes hazy, and the only thing in focus is you and this person. And you realize that this is the only person you're supposed to kiss for the rest of your life. And for one moment, you get this amazing gift, and you want to laugh, and you want to cry because you feel so lucky you found it and so scared it'll go away all at the same time. It's a great line. 
It's a great line, but it was one of those movies that I'm, or one of those moments that I was like, fuck, this is such a movie, cute, like, cliche. <laughs> and I don't know why, but, like, it annoyed me. And I think it was because after this whole thing of, like, because immediately Octavia Spencer just says, damn, girl, you are a writer. Yeah. And that's when, like, Rage Kia came yeah. out. Um, uh, but, and then so she goes see Rob and buys, borrows his car from him. <laughs> and I had a note that I had forgotten about, and it was, yeah. It was because it's, you know, it's after that that they go into the editorial meeting yeah. and, and that's when, you know, Gary Marshall, you know, is telling her, you know, like, okay, like you're, you're on this story now. I had, I forgot. I had this note of like, oh my God, this editorial meeting is triggering my PTSD. <laughs> what it really the, did. The, the moment you realize how supportive she actually is as a friend is right after that. Cause she rushes to her office and Anita goes, we're going to, you can turn, maybe you should turn the story down. Like yeah. maybe it's a good idea. And Gus comes in like Anita and Gus are good people. And I, I like when, with how they are with Josie. Yeah. Because, it, because Gus comes in, he goes, I'm going to get you out of this. Don't worry. Like mm-hmm. it's not gonna, you're not gonna have to do this. It's okay. And she's like, you guys don't think I can do it. And then she proceeds to, to say, you know, who taught you how to knit Gus when, when you wanted to know, I did like, and actually showed him knitting. Later. You know, Anita, who taught you Spanish when you, who quizzed when you on you your Spanish? To hook up with the guy in the mail room. Like, yeah. Senorita Josie. <laughs> and like, and so they're both like, okay, she's got us. She has been there for us. It's our turn to kind of yes. be there for her. And of course, at the time, I don't think Gus realized his job was on the line for it until. No, because at, it's not on the line until later. He says it before he actually gets told it in uh, the meeting. Does he? He actually says it. Yeah. Well, but, he, but this is because he starts doing the the videotapes before he actually gets told in the meeting that it's. Right. Well, the and again, like I just got so frustrated because, like, with Gus, I'm like, okay, yes, like it has been established, like you guys, you guys are friends. You're probably better than just like work friends. Yeah. But like, he's you, still the boss. You yeah. are her boss. It is your job to understand the parameters of, you know, like, the abilities of the people that you work with. And, like, if he understands, like, this is not the job for you... You know, like, he should know the strengths of his, like, of his staff. Yeah. And he tells her, like, this is not for you, and it just gets shut down with, like, okay, but who taught you how to knit? I'm like, okay, here's your boss. <laughs> well, I didn't take it that way. I took it, he was like, I'm going to save you from this, and she's no, like, give me a chance to try. I, I know that. And that's the way I, I took it, is he was like, okay, it, I'm going to give you a chance. Here's the thing that I thought was done about the whole situation. You don't send someone in and go find a story in a high school. Like, you have to have some kind of, like, direction. You can't yeah. just go, hey, go find a story. Because there may not because, be a story. Okay, but that, and that is, that is the thing. Uh, I mean, they I, find, somebody finds the court eventually. But you could have found that without being undercover in the school. Yeah. Who the frick on the other side is undercover, by the way? Because there's, like, two stories that they get scooped on. Oh, I know. I'm like, there's somebody on the other side that's undercover, and I want to know. It's Michael Varton. That's what it is. <laughs> but anyway. But, but, like, the other thing, when, you know, like, and I'm I'm sure that not, you know, that not every, like, news organization is the same, but... It was, up, when I worked the paper, it was up to me of, like, I had sources that I had to contact yeah. 
daily, you know, if not weekly, like then on a daily basis and say, Hey, do you have anything going on today? Like, is there, you know, is there any like event that needs to be covered? You know, all this kind of stuff. And then I would go into my editor and say, Oh, I just talked to so-and-so down to the chamber of commerce. Yeah. And like, she told me that this thing is going to be going on. And, you know, I think that it could, you know, if like we tie this in with this here, I think we have a story for the entertainment page. It was never up to my editor to say, hey, you know, why don't you just, like, go around to all the shows in Branson and, like, see if you shake anything loose? Yeah. Well, I mean, and the thing is, it's the crazy publisher that is doing the, that's sending her on this job. Yeah. It's not her editor. It's her crazy publisher who's crazy. And they make that very clear. They really do. That he's, that he's not, well, I mean, he fires people left and right for nothing. Well, and it's, and it's established that, you know, he says that, you know, he, like he was watching or like he was having dinner yeah, with his like kids that. and didn't realize his kid was allergic to peanuts. Yeah. Didn't realize his, his kid had a peanut allergy. And so like his kid is dying and he suddenly thinks like, Oh, I don't know what's going on. Like, I don't even know my kid's names. <laughs> Which, he's like, I don't even know my kids' names. He's like, so, like, what do we know? Like, what's going on with our kids? You, you're going back to high school. You, you sign up Monday. Bye. And that's, like, so that's how she gets the assignment. Which, but it's just a dumb assignment. Like, like just again, in general. You know, like I said, I just read, like, Ronan Farrow's, like, Catch and Kill, which is about, you know, like, the uncovering of the Weinstein story that yeah. finally, which that story had been investigated, like, three times over and oh, yeah. always got buried. Yeah. And it took, like, he was doing interviews for other things, and somebody was saying, like, oh, well, you know, you've heard this rumor about so-and-so and, like, the sexual abuse. And he just kept digging. And, yeah. like, he literally had NBC shutting him down. And I mean, then you have he, that, then and he went like, to the New Yorker. And you've got, like, Spotlight, which I've With watched. Spotlight, And, like, yeah. they, they have to dig for years. Like, there's, there's a lot of stuff like that. But anyway... It, for the sake of the rest of the show, so we can actually talk I, about it, I know we're gonna say okay, this is a thing that happened. We don't agree with it, but it's a thing that happened. Oh, it just pisses um, me off. So she goes undercover in the school, and Anita picks her outfit for the first day and does a horrible job. She picks something that would have been okay in the late eighties, early nineties. Like yeah, definitely the outfit she's wearing, it would have fit into the movie Clueless. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is um, an early nineties, yeah, and then. She makes a fool of herself multiple times over throughout the day. They have a horrible teacher who she's late to their first class because it's her first day. And her teacher, she's like a minute late and her teacher makes her wear a giant all, sombrero. All it is meant to do is to set up the embarrassment humor. Yeah, and I hate that's, it. There's no point the, to it. That's the only There's no thing point to it. Because like later on at the end of the movie, she's like, that teacher marches to the beat of her own drummer. No, that teacher's a bully. Like, there's a difference in... Encouraging students not be late, and like if it had been someone who had been at like if it had been a guy or one of his people who had been at school for years, also guy comes in after her and doesn't have to wear the dang the dang thing. So whatever, I get really annoyed about that because it's a thing for me. Like that's a button for me mm-hmm. is when you bully one kid and they're brand new and don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Granted, Josie's not a kid, and Josie flips out, does a whole stupid thing about living in Bali that doesn't make any sense. Whatever. It's a whole thing. It's dumb. It like like it is literally just but for throughout, the embarrassment. Throughout the day she gets more has more and more bad stuff happen to her. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, she meets Aldis. Aldis. It's Aldis, yeah. Aldis. Which is Lisa Sobieski. And Aldis is really nice to her and she's like, Let's go to Nana's and we'll come back and find your car because they hide cars to kids to on to their the first kids, day. Yeah. And I will say Guy I don't think Guy ever actively bullies her. No. Uh, he actually, like, she she sounds, she has this crazy moment, and he goes, 
are you in special ed? Like, he's trying to be genuinely nice. Like, it seems like he's genuinely, like, confused by her. Which, in that What moment, she says in that moment is crazy. And it's, it's just crazy. And so, yeah, so he's he doesn't ever bully her. The other people do. Oh, yeah. But, so then she gets the in with the nerds and gets her protection with the denominators. <laughs> which, by the way, just so we're clear, legally, I think they have to forfeit all of their victories with her mm-hmm. on their team. Because she's a college graduate, and so I don't think legally they could have had her on their calculus team. But, you know, whatever. I thought the same thing with the baseball game, because they yeah. made it to the state finals. And I'm like, yeah, Rob can't play. Like, that's not allowed. Yeah. Have you not seen Angels in the outfield? They don't even let <laughs> Angels into the final games. But anyway. So you have that all happening and then, you know, she makes friends and she gets this whole like nerd love thing going on. Yeah. Um, but she can't find a punchy story. The first thing she comes up with is like a story on coleslaw and the truth yeah. about the pimento loaf and it's dumb. And he tells her that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, which, okay. Go ahead. Never mind. I was gonna say, but the the only good thing that happens on the first day of school is she goes to English class, Mm -hmm. and there is Mr. Coulson. He prefers Sam, but the school has a thing about that. So, agent. No, 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 no. I wasn't even thinking that because you never really hear anybody call him Mr. Coulson very often in the movie. Yeah. No, the thing. It was just a vibe that I got. You know the whole, like, Laura Bailey harp music thing that yeah. happens with, you know, Sam and Liam and, like, yeah. Critical Role and everything? I kind of had that feeling of, like, every time, like, we turn and, like, Michael Barton's there, it was just, like, Sam Colson harp music. music. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> but he is teaching As You Like It. The Shakespeare, the Shakespeare play, as you like it, which is really appropriate for the movie. Of I appreciate. Course. I always love the parallel. Yeah, I, I like that. Too, um, yeah, and he asks the class, "What's a pastoral? Uh, what what that means?" And what? one girl is like confused with pasteurized, and so then you have Josie proves herself to be too smart in ten seconds. But okay. And, like, that makes him instantly suspicious. Like, what 17-year-old, 16, 17-year-old girl knows, okay, in that school, knows in, in that, that okay. And the way she delivers it is very, like, textbooky. But, okay, I had, like, my seventh grade English teacher, we covered Romeo and Juliet, and she talked about things and told us, you know, oh, these are the type of plays and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And told us what pastoral was. And then, when I was in... So, like when I was a sophomore, we had a teacher ask, "Hey, who knows what this kind of play is?" Oh, it's pastoral because it's set in the country. But she doesn't just say it's set in the country. I know she but says I mean, she goes into like the Latin root of this, which is to graze, and da 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 da. And he just kind of like he does get this like stunned expression. He's like, "Are you sure you're 17? Like that was a like college level answer that you're giving me in my English class." And he's not expecting anything out of her. I mean, because she's brand new, but I'm like... Well, and also, he finds out, you find out she's not going to go to college. She has no plans to go to college. She has no, like, from his perspective, no future, like, plans. Mm -hmm. And he's just very, like, stunned, like, taken aback. Because look at the other people in the class. I know, but... Like, there's just nobody else giving that level of answer. Not even Aldi's, who she meets in that class. But, like, they're... The thing, like, they're also, like, accelerated, like, learning programs. But but I assume she came in and said she had not had any of that. Because, like, he would have her... I don't even know how that she actually registered because you have to have like previous like trans transcripts and, and stuff shit like that. So I don't know how she actually registered, but whatever. So 
that's where you meet Mr. Coulson or Sam as he prefers. Mm-hmm. And that's a fun, like that's a good class. Like, and so throughout like the time she is with the nerds, they are discussing as you like it and how in disguise you are more free to do mm-hmm. things that you would never have done. And I do love all of that discussion. I think it's really yeah. fun. Disguise changes all the rules. Uh, he then tells a story about Gordie Howe. This movie is why I know who Gordie Howe is. <laughs> which is a it's a hockey player i didn't know who that what that is but i was playing a trivia game one day and i knew who it was because of freaking never been kissed but anyway um then he has josie read the brosman speech which is a great speech mm-hmm. and like there's just a lot of of that going on mm-hmm. um and then we have the flashbacks of billy asking her to pro her reading the poem to billy and then billy's gonna ask you to prom and then it doesn't come back again for a while but i was like why didn't they just put it all in here so that we have yeah i mean i understand why it's because they want that visceral that, that shot later at the end of the movie when she opens the door to guy right to to resonate but it would resonate if you put it in earlier because mm-hmm. where they put it in later just breaks everything up it, for me. it really does and that's the worst thing about the flashbacks is it breaks stuff when it doesn't need to um the other important thing that happens is the prom theme gets announced. They're going to do Millennium, and that's supposed to be an original theme. Oh, yeah, it, it's it's brought up at one point. Yeah, that the that like they have <laughs> they have a um, like a rivalry with with another school, and so like it's it's basically like a series of like one up East Glen East and their South Glen South. Yeah, it's the rivalry. <laughs> yeah. It cracks me up. But see, where I grew up, there are, there there are two towns, like, they, like, you know, it's like around here, kind of how there's, there's now, like, really no distinction between, like, the 30 miles between where you live and where I live. I'm like, it's basically just, like, one really big city. Yeah. But it's broken up into, like, you know, four. And, five, I guess. But anyway, um... But where I grew up, there was literally these towns that, like, like people, like, man, if you were, like, too close to the line between the two towns and, like, you accidentally called one by the other's name, like, if you, like, the Bobcats and the Mustangs, and it was, like, yeah. you know, like oh, my God. And, like, you said something that was, like, oh, yeah, well, I, you know, yeah, like, oh, I'm yeah. here. I'm talking like their rivalry. It was like stealing mascots and like dyeing the football field colors. I, I get that. You know, and like there, there were so like two I sides totally of the it. Buffalo River. Yep, and that's like when you refereed a game for them, you had to be like police escorted out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I get it. But my my, my issue yeah. was more the names. No, I, 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 I rolled my eyes at that too. But like that was the one thing about this movie that like when they talked about you know basically having to one up this other school, and so yeah. everything they do has to be completely original i was like okay yeah i get that yeah so <laughs> it, was, it was the one thing in this movie that i'm like okay yeah well, I got i'll, that, I'll yeah. give it to you um also guy decides he's creating a new word rufus and i say that just because i enjoy the word rufus that's totally rufus i had, I had which, forgotten about which the whole rufus five thing. years later mean girls will steal this joke yes and do fetch yeah Except for they'll they'll flip it around and say fetch is never going to happen. So I just love that it's in this. Like yeah, that that is it, it's just a fun like thing. And then you have what was the other thing I had? Oh, Franco's a doof sidekick. And then uh, guy picks on Alda Alda's the most. He calls her Alda. Alda. Yeah, uh, and that's that's a thing. What I can I tell you my rewrite of this movie? Secretly, guy and Aldis are dating. I believe it. Yeah, that's my that's my, that's my rewrite. Is that secretly they're dating 
under the radar because she doesn't want to be cool and he Wait, he, <laughs> he can't give up his status. I'm just saying that's he, my secret rewrite to this movie. Like, I, <laughs> like I'm sure it's different in like bigger schools. And, and I know like to a certain extent, this was the case with like the bigger schools in my County, mm-hmm. but I've, this, I think the other thing that annoyed me about this movie was like how reductive it was mm-hmm. between the, like, I, I'm talking like the nerdiest of nerds and like the most popular, pop, like, yeah. like the most vap, like the most vapid popular people and like the people with a brain, like you wouldn't even notice. Yeah. And I don't know, like, it's a stereotype that we have seen over and over and over again. It's a stereotype we will continue to see mm-hmm. in any other, like, teen, quote unquote, teen Especially rom-com. in that era. Especially in that era. But this one felt so, like, like unrealistically. Once again, you haven't seen Mean Girls. We've talked about this. Mean Girls does a similar thing in that she actually is a nerd who's on, like, the. Yeah. the the math team, yeah, math decathlon team yeah. or whatever, like high school musical. <laughs> and she's on that. And then, but then, you know, they, they decide they're going to mess with the popular kids. So she gets popular and has to ditch all that. And, yeah. and she fails a test on purpose to make herself look dumb. And so like that, like, I don't like that. I, I don't You're like right. It's reductive, either. but it was a thing in the nineties that was accepted. If that makes sense. Like it, not yeah. that it was right, but it was a, it was a common it was, trope. It was a shorthand that grew out of the same like reductive stereotypes that we had like in the eighties. Thank yeah. you, John Hughes. Yeah. Be, I mean, fuck the breakfast club. Yep. I mean, that's literally what that movie is. It stereotypes the movie. Yep. And you know, but in that, like they all kind of come together to find common ground. Whereas th- that's not the case. in the that is not, that is not the case in any other like high school set movie. Yeah. And and it's just, I think, like to all the like to all the boys I've loved before, I think it's probably the one that I've seen recently that has done the better job of like, mm-hmm. like, high, like people are individuals and like they people don't are people. People have varied interests. They aren't just the one thing or the other. Yeah. And this movie, I hated how divisive it felt because, and I get why. Yeah. Once she moved into like. The upper elite. She transitioned. When, yeah, when she transitioned into the popular stuff that we that we don't see anything of Aldis until prom. Yeah, but like except for that one shopping scene. Oh my god! Like there's, there's a lemon. Lemming. I love I love that delivery so much. I love her so. But, um, I love leaving Tobias. But anyway, so yeah, then then the trip gets the scoop on the court. After like after they they see Guy yeah. and his people at the court, which is a, basically an all the time party for Guy's people. Guy's crew, whatever you want to call it. Again, and she didn't get the story, so she gets in trouble with Gus. Now is where he mentions his job being on the line, which he never mentioned it before. And so he ends up hooking hooking up, uh, getting tech involved, which brings in George. (laughs) Right. And gets her um, a camera and microphone. Now, I'm going to bring up something else that I have a problem with. Okay. Because while the Michael Varton, or not Michael Varton, while Mr. Coulson and... Uh, Josie is a problem. I at least see that there's an attraction on a intellectual level. Right. Rob and George both make horrific comments yes. about underage girls. Oh, yeah. And it's not the only two times it's done in the movie, but like it happens multiple times and it makes me more uncomfortable mm-hmm. than anything else in the movie. Oh, I think. yeah. Is is like I I literally have men or pigs. Yeah. Like, several like and George is not played to be a pig. It's just. He's like, wow, these girls are attractive. No, they didn't make them like that when I was in school. Which is not super gross, but is on that verge where I'm just like, 
Why? Like, why can't you just, like, they're kids. Like, the older I get, the more I'm like, yeah, 17 is a baby. Yeah. Like, how, this is weird. I find that weird. Oh, why do you say And I don't like, like, Rob is 23, and that's, I hate to say it's more acceptable. I don't mean acceptable as in okay. I mean, as in, like, I know 23-year-old dudes who have made those comments. But George is an adult. <laughs> like, George is a full-grown adult man, and I am not okay. And, I, yeah. and George is cool in all other respects, well, it's, except for that. It it's just like, frustrates it's me. It's like I've said before, the, uh, the kind of... The, the kind of disparate, you know, the, the gap in life experience. Someone who is 23 would be maybe, like, a high school, or not high school, but, like, a college senior, maybe, like, yeah. just graduating college kind of thing. Well, and we and, also know that Rob has had health problems, so he hasn't had as much life experience in that way either. Because they mentioned that he had mono and stuff, and that really, like... And that set him back. That set him back really badly. And, which, okay, I get that. Yeah. And so, if... If Tracy were not sixteen, yeah, I would yeah. not. I would not have as much of a yeah. problem. I wish Josie had said she was eighteen. Yeah. That's the other thing. I wish she said she was a senior and she was eighteen, not seventeen. That yeah. would change a lot of things. If if the senior girls were all eighteen, I still don't think it's appropriate. I it's it's definitely okay, but and it's then, not like illegal anymore. The, and I okay, <laughs> I it is a it is trash. It is absolute garbage. Um. But knowing that the actors are of age, it does a thing to the brain. And so I will admit I ship Ezra and Arya on Pretty Little Liars. However, having read a little part of the book, I'm like, fuck, lock this man up in prison. (laughs) But on the show, you shipped it. But on the show, it's played that she is a senior and he is just out of college. Or not not a senior, but she's a junior. And he's just out of college. That he's just out of college. Okay. Still, there is a gap of life experience that I'm like, okay, you were definitely too young for her. Or like you were definitely yeah. too young for him. Sorry, it's what okay. I meant. Um, I'm sorry, like I was trying to do. She's too young for you, and he's too like it, yeah, it matched fine. up in my head. It's fine. Um, but it's you know that gap of life experience, and so you know like a twenty year old does not have the same life experience as a fifty year old. Yeah, like I said, true. I know I went into a whole rant on this in one of our other movies, and I'm not going to go on it again. But. Yeah. You know, had, like had she been eighteen, it's a it's it's not as creepy. Yeah, and it's it still it makes you go Bleh, a little. But yeah, in like especially in the case, like had Josie said she was eighteen, yeah, it would it it would it would still rankle. I mean, but it, well, it would be again. <laughs> It would be legal. It's a fine line. It's like, a fine line. Like, and, and it it can still are, be legal and inappropriate. Yeah, exactly. It would be inappropriate, and there are, not illegal. There are issues with different things in this movie, but, and this is going to sound really, really weird, and like, because I know you you take, we haven't gotten there yet, but you take pretty big issue with the two of them in this movie. Like the, the yeah. with the with Josie and, and uh, Coulson. Yeah. Okay, so my thing with them, the reason I think I don't take as much issue with it, mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I I realize, like, I've, there's always a part of me, like I said, that is going to rankle about it, of, yeah. like, a teacher being attracted to his student. Yes. And, and again, also, 
being someone who has consumed Lolita before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, Again, there are problematic aspects there, to it. It's definitely problematic. I think it, it doesn't... Upon, go ahead. I was going to say, upon rewatching it this time, I realized just exactly how little he really is in the movie. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, it's not as bad yeah, as I remember He's not thinking. like creepy stalking her. They're not like... I mean, because I don't ship Ezra and Arya. I think it's Again, and, gross. No, I, I will... Like I said, <laughs> yeah. it, it is literally... Oh, yeah. It is literally because I know that Lucy Montgomery and Ian yeah, Hardy, yeah. I'm like, that they are both like legal consenting adults. And, and again, like, they just have like a chemistry that I enjoy. Yeah. And, but when I watch the show, there's always this in the back of my head that like... And yeah. it's, it's not just with that. It is prominently with that, but it's with everything on that fucking show of like, this is also illegal. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So, but like my thing, I was going to say my thing with them is that they do have similar life experience. They do. So there is this weird, like, and, and you can tell he feels super uncomfortable with it because it's like, he's comfortable with her in a way he shouldn't be, but he should be because he, they have had similar life experience and she yes. has the appropriate responses and she doesn't have 17 year old girl responses. She has 25 year old yeah. woman responses. So it's a weird, like he's stuck in this really weird position of trying to be like, I know that this is inappropriate and I need to remove myself. And he tries to a few times and gets sucked back in because they have this, they do have a really great chemistry too. They do. Um, but, but yeah, like there's, a, there's, it doesn't bother me as much there because is, there is, it, there actually are a level playing field, even though he may not realize they are, mm-hmm. they actually are. And I guess that's why it doesn't bother me as much, I know, which is I, dumb, but it's the way my brain works. And yeah, it's, <laughs> I understand that's dumb, but it's the way my brain. No, I, it's. I think like why this movie is a struggle for me mm-hmm. is that, as we have said before, it's like the way that my brain operates is like from a place that's very much in the gray area. Yeah, and I I love a gray area. I really do, and I appreciate characters with moral ambiguity and you know like you know it's why i love fucking like you know chaotic characters and like yeah. you know like when we play D. i love a good chaotic character you know and like a chaotic neutral character you know for these reasons of you know having that kind of you know i well i have a morality but it's my own morality you know i find these characters very interesting but also i have things that i'm like okay this is very black and white and one of those yeah. is like it like I draw a hard line of people who are attracted to underage people. Yeah. And so that is where I think that is why I've always had like such an issue with this movie of like, okay, yeah, like okay, they have great chemistry, but from the point of view of him, she is seventeen. Well and and I think he's attracted to her, but he actually tries to not and he does, and like, and, and I appreciate that. Like, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, I'm I appreciate like, I, yeah. that. I'm like, I appreciate that he recognizes he he's attracted to her, and he doesn't do anything inappropriate until toward the end, and then he's almost crossing a line toward the end. But she's about to graduate toward the end, which one would assume she's 18 by then, from his perspective. But there are some, like it's, he all like the end is almost like I'm like, uh, mm. but yeah. Anyway, uh, anyway, so. Back to the thing. She goes. She goes to the club that she hears. She ditches her her nerdy friends because Gus tells her she has to, 
And she goes to this club to that's where all the cool people are going to be. And we talked about this earlier. She gets high. It's a dumb scene. I don't want to talk about it again. But the only thing that does matter is she runs into Coulson and his girlfriend Laura there. Yeah, uh, Laura, you can tell him and Laura are not on the same page for things at all, like, almost immediately. Well, yeah, it's it's because... He you know, likes this, being this here in this in, kind of scene. You know, this is set in Chicago, because yeah. she works for the Chicago Sun-Times. And he lives in... She lives in New, his she lives in, in New York. Yeah. yeah, she moved to New York. And so you automatically get, like, there's this disconnect. Of, like, they're having a long-distance relationship. Well, and, like, and she, so, she wants... She's like, oh, I can't stand being in a place like this. You have to get out of your system before you move to New York. Like, he's not allowed to like the kind of music he likes anymore. Yeah. And I do love the Met joke as well. Yeah. Like that. She's like, we have tickets to the Met. Well, I love baseball. And he just cracks yeah. up. Cause he was, cause, cause Josie can tell this is not something he's super into. Yeah. So she just like to break the tension does the, I love baseball. And like eventually runs off. But yeah, like, like it's an awkward situation. And then once again, I don't want to go into the, like she gets high, she dances on the table, move on. Um, she calls her brother, Rob, who basically is like, there's a, there's, here's the thing. Yeah. You just need one person to think you're cool and you're in. That's yeah. the secret. That's the secret. And she's like, and he's like, you're not Josie Gross anymore. Say it with me. Like, I will say he is yeah. super supportive at this point. Yeah. And like, I appreciate him. And then he goes and goes to school. Well, like, I guess first we have the fair, the, the fair that happens before he goes to school, but, uh, they're raising money for prom. And she gets on the Ferris wheel and lonely Rada in bucket. And Sam feels really bad for her because, like, it's awkward to have somebody scream that. But yeah, but at the same time, I'm like, why does it matter? I'm like, I've ridden Ferris wheels by myself. Well, I think the issue was more that, like, they're in high school and everybody's coupled up and she's by herself on the romantic ride. So he, like, he's like, He's like, I'll, I'll, I'll go with So he gets on the ride with her. And they have this really good talk, although it doesn't devolve into the moment where, that's it, I think, all the trailers, where he says, uh, you know, when you're you're my age, guys, we line up around the block. And so like, you have to say that you're my teacher. Well, and he's well, like, well, I it, shouldn't say like, that because I'm your teacher. It, like, it even teased it up before that of, like, yeah. you know, he's telling her, because, you know, he's there's... too open with her, yeah. Well, no, it's not, it's, what I was going to get to was the, because there's, you know, one of guys, you know, the... the kids from guys group yeah is in the bucket yeah them, and like they're above them. it's him and jessica alba i think and i think i can't remember i don't remember their names it's just yeah but and I, I didn't pay attention yeah um they're all interchangeable they have there's one that's kirsten because she calls them kristen and gets the, in trouble yeah well there's there's kristen kirsten and gibby yeah is what it is i did i made no distinction between who's, who's who. who yeah and and so, like, the, the the guy is being, like, obnoxious, and and yeah. Josie kind of rolls her eyes, and you can tell, like, it, it like, it puts her, like, it puts her guard up, and, like, yeah. she kind of, like, hides behind a shield for a second, and, but she kind of relaxes into it and says, like, why do guys do that? And it was, a, like, it is a genuine moment. Yeah. And, you know, and, and he says, you know, well, you know, I'd like to tell you, you know, like, we, we all grow, grow out, out of it. it. You know, it's a lie. Some of us will always be rattling cages. Yeah, yeah. Some of us will always be rattling cages. But it's also during this, like I think is it, it? I think it's during this conversation where where he says, you know, oh well, you know, by the time you're my age, like guys will be flying over. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, that. Okay, I'm like, oh, dude, she is 17. That is not something you should be saying to her. <laughs> 
Yeah, and he says that. He says, you know, I shouldn't be saying that because I'm your teacher. Like, that's not appropriate. Ugh, he he yeah, recognizes I, it's not appropriate, I know, but, but he also wants her to feel better in the moment. It's a weird, it's a weird balance that, that he's trying to walk there, and it's not, he's not doing it successfully. <sighs> he's not doing it successfully. But my point was more, I know. they do have this genuine connection and moment and then, there. And but he do. does, op- he, he opens up a little bit too much to her, and he says that. Yeah. Because he tells her about his girlfriend. You know, he's like, my girlfriend of five years wants me to move here. And he's like, oh, I shouldn't be. And then he kind of pulls back his I should not be discussing this with you. I am so sorry. Yeah. And like kind of pulls back and tries to button it back in. Yeah. But at the same time, he just watches like how sad she is. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, someday guys are going to be lining up around the block for you. And mm-hmm. that's when she's like, and then she's like, you have to say that you're my teacher. No, that's why I shouldn't, I shouldn't say, say it. it. Like I shouldn't like, say it because I'm. Yeah. Teacher, and he yeah. recognizes that he shouldn't say it. But right after that but is when I, Rob. I think, I think the other thing is like, I guess the, the Rob joined her before that. Go ahead. It's, it's during this, that they're like while they're having this conversation there's this love theme swelling under it yeah. that i'm like let's not do that not the time but uh, rob actually had already come to school i forgot because like the she's running she has loser on her forehead and shakes off running and gets mm-hmm. i mean that part is actually legit i legit laughed at that when she like smacks right into the door it's at that like that's pratfall funny i'm okay with it yeah um so yeah her brother comes to school and starts spreading misinformation about her. Well, he, he's her hype man. Yeah, he, he like he's like, you know, she's the entire heiress to the X-Lax fortune and all that kind of stuff. And she, oh, she, you know, she dated the drummer of the Big Bad Voodoo Daddies. Daddies. Yeah, and, and, and stuff and like, like that. He, so he essentially is getting popular. The only one that's kind of weird is where he talks about having slept with her. Like, he, well, he doesn't say he slept with her, he just like intimates he, he slept no, with her. He, it's not even really, it's that. We're like, good he, friends. Very good. Like, it was like, oh yeah, you know, but we're, <laughs> we're he's like, we're. We it, dated for a while. It's <laughs> your sister. Yeah, I know. That, gross, Rob. But I, gross. I, I like, that it is, it, it was super like, oh yeah, like, I can't like even form words. I'm just having like physical reactions. I will say to his credit though, he does let, like, he just kind of like, it's it's really like not even a suggestion. He says a thing and then like they pick up and run with it and he just like lets them fill in blank. Yeah, exactly. Because he's trying to help his sister out. Yeah. Also he wants to play on the baseball team. So Yeah, that's why he joined was like he because like, oh well you're getting a second chance, so I should have one too. But also he came to help her out. He goes with a cry for help. He <laughs> did come to help her, but like his, It's both, yeah. His bullshit speech after the prom. I'm like, I don't need like your fucking man boots stomping all over this bullshit. Yeah. Like like I I don't need your like poor me man pity. Yeah. So then we have the sex ed class where Anita is quote unquote mistaken for the sex ed. That's teacher. such an easy fix. I'm Josie's aunt. I'm here to take her out to lunch. Done. Done. I realize Michael Varton's an attractive man. You should not be that frazzled. Yeah. Also, there's been a whole thing between her and Anita and Gus kind of are getting a little yeah. bit of a thing. Not a lot of a thing, just a little bit of a thing, because they're cardboard, so as much as you can yep. put them together. Um, she is getting more serious, I will say. With, like, yeah. with Gus, she's less like out there, if you will, the way she kind of is at the beginning. But So yeah, which, that's there. We have the penguin speech, which is fun, uh, which is sweet. Because like, you got the girl who's quote-unquote dating Rob, who's 16 and a gymnast. and That pissed me off. Yep, dude. yep. But anyway, so... She's like, you know, I, I think I'm ready. And Josie's like, well, and she, what she does is so like, it's such an adult move. And I'm so like, she gives her this beautiful story about penguins and how they only mate for life. Yeah. And you know, you want to find your penguin kind of thing. And, and she's like, but I'm not a penguin. And 
then you have the stupid awkward moment where she like shoots. I didn't even look for the record. I got up and left the room because I knew it was coming. Honestly, this one it doesn't bother me as much. I hate when she hits it, gets hit in the eye. But he's like, it's a metaphor. Before. Like, like you have Sam trying to explain and, to this yeah. dumb this dumb girl what's what like it's, what yeah, Joe she's trying it's to a say. Metaphor. And she startles because he kind of yeah. came up behind her. And what happens is she ends up flinging a condom into his eye. Yeah, and it's like and it's she, like a rubber band. Yeah. Like, well, and her and her reaction is like, excuse me, I have to go die, die now. now. Yeah. Like, that, That's a great reaction. Yeah. That that is the one moment in the movie because like I've done stupid bullshit like that. Yeah, I mean like that to me like that is the embarrassing teenage moment. I think I was just at that point there's been so much embarrassment humor I just couldn't take another second like, for whatever reason that one I don't want because like, during I'm not gonna lie to you during the club scene I got up and left the room and got something to eat and came back I was like I listened the whole time but I was like I can't I I, I, I remember it too vividly and I couldn't do it I I yeah. I just tuned out yeah. during the club but, scene. But I mean, you know, I'd like full disclosure here. I had I had a uh, a gymnastics instructor who I was very attracted to. I was a teenager. Yeah. And he, he looked like a backstreet boy. I was it was like I swooned. <laughs> and I had there were like a couple of times because he, I'm tumbling and things like that that like I had some clothing misfortunes in that you know. Yeah. And so I was like he comes over like like he's like oh that's great give me a high five and I'm like I'm sorry my boob has come out of my bra. You know, I'm like and I'm just like I I'm so like I completely awkward and like I don't know how to handle myself in this situation but like there is this guy that I'm like very attracted to who is like <laughs> like I'm like hi I'm just gonna like die now thank you and that is the one moment in this movie where sure. I am just like okay I fully appreciate this that scene. one I buy yeah <laughs> like this um, one I so, get it. so right after that happens before they can get much further into that there's a big to do because the prom oh no East Glen East has chosen the Millennium too so they have 1999. to and everybody was so they have to choose a new theme and guy says Josie that's not a theme I know that thank you like his like done with her with that girl's face is great and guy's like I know Josie will tell us the answer because this I'm like and this is Josie's moment and she takes it and she does it yeah like she runs with it and so she's like what about met for each other famous couples throughout history it's not a bad thing and so and he and everybody pauses and watches guy I love it. And Josie is now in. She's yeah. cool, kids. Because because Guy is the tastemaker for this school. Yeah. It's the reason that Rufus becomes the word that yeah. everybody uses. Even she uses Rufus at some point later. Like, she uses it in, in her editorial meeting. Yeah, she's like, hilarious. yeah, that's totally Rufus. But so you have you go into the montage of her becoming popular now you have like the mean girls walk down the stairs and breaking the old theme and going shopping with the girls and paint fight with mr coulson <laughs> which was a weird moment but okay yeah really weird moment yeah okay. like oh um, let's like let's flirtatiously dab paint on one another she starts it but he should have stopped it uh, like he should have stopped it but meanwhile you see at work everyone is watching everything that's going on. Yeah. Uh, and then you finally get like, we got, it's a long montage. I'm just going to say it's a montage. It's a long montage. Uh, and then where'd it go? Well, yeah, you have oh, like her calling and like being, pitching stories to Gus. Of, like, yeah, they, they leave the tags on and he just hangs up the phone. Yeah. And so then they're sitting there. She's like, guy is totally crunching on you. Do I want to be crunched? And I'm like, ew, that's the worst name. Like, crushing and crunching. That's awful. But Guy is playing his guitar and looking at her. So as my husband would say, he's the douchebag with the guitar. 
<laughs> I will say, I'm like, yeah. that's one of those moments. I'm like, I like oh, it. I like, I like it. I yeah. And so um, Rob is having a party at his house to celebrate their the new, new most recent victory at, of the baseball team, at which they say he's going to be starting in the state game. So maybe he hasn't actually played in a game really yet. That's right. all I could. Like, okay. That's my. I think, like, as someone who who participated in sports, who comes in in the last fucking semester of the year and just gets added to the team? I'm sure he had to try out for the team, but like, I assume he wasn't starting until now. Like, he's going to start in the state for the first time. That's what I assume. Like, we, but anyway, yeah, it's anyway. That so annoyed me. It was dumb. I agree with you once again. There's a lot of movie. We can just go. It was dumb. Moving on. Uh. So Josie goes to the party and like she there's this moment that I'm like that's me right there when she walks in and they slide down the stairs into the cups and they're like <laughs> yeah and she's just like yay like she puts her arms I was like mm, great this is awesome I'm so excited well, and this beca- and because it, it's been established Rob still lives with their parents well also it is just that moment of being a 25 year old adult having to pretend to be a 17 year old they're like this is not what I'm into yeah. so. We also have the awkward Mrs. Robinson speech there, which we kind of already talked about a little bit. Yeah. And then Guy's like, can I talk to you? So he takes her up to her bed, to her bedroom, but he doesn't know it's her bedroom. She's like frantically, like as he turns his back, put knocking pictures over and like making sure that no one can see. Cause he's like, Rob's which, sister's a loser. Which I was going to ask. I'm like, after you had like moved out and graduated and everything, did your parents keep your I was in college and my bedroom got redone. <laughs> Me too. My sister got stuff and I still don't know where some of the stuff that was on those shelves went. But yeah, I was like, who? Like A so- lot of parents, a lot of people do though. Like that's a trope in movies. It's a thing. I'm like, okay, sure. Like if your kid went missing yeah. or was killed, sure. But in like six that's years. A pretty, that's a pretty popular trope. I think when we watched, when we watched Just Friends with Ryan Reynolds, that his room is, is exactly the same too. Like, yeah. like that's a pretty big trope in movies is for the their their high school room to be the same. I don't. Either their high school room is the same or their parents have forgotten they exist. Which in this movie seems to be both for poor Josie. But but yeah, so Guy sits down with her on the bed and and asks her, because I know you've probably heard I want to ask you to prom, but I think it's, you know, the right thing to do to, to ask you myself. It's the, it's the manly thing or whatever. And he goes, so do you want to go to prom? Oh, he doesn't say it's like it's the manly Not manly, thing. It's but just, it's, the, it's like the right thing. Yeah, it's, the, right it's the right thing to do. It's the polite thing to do or something like that. So he's like, we go to prom with me? And she's like, oh my gosh, yes. He goes, great. Okay. How do we do this? She goes, well, we'll meet here and share a limo with Rob. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, that's the moment where I'm like, and he didn't like go for a hug, like not like, well, again, it's just a weird, interesting thing. Be, like, I never like to take her into the bedroom alone to ask. And then like, that's it. And then he walks back out of the bedroom super which, awkwardly. Which again, I never minded that. Because, it just felt weird. Because funny. to me, it has like the relationship between Guy and Josie has always been that, that it it represents like it represents some kind of like social status of yeah. like that this isn't necessarily like he might be somewhat attracted to her, but at the same time I'm like this is a business transaction. Yeah, well, and the other thing is there is absolutely no romance between the two, There's and not- that's like it's like she's like thank you for asking me like that's really nice like they they don't play it for romance in the way that uh, yeah. if she were actually seventeen it would get played for romance. You know what I mean? Yeah, which I appreciate because she's not seventeen. But yeah, so then you have uh, 
Aldi, I think Aldi's is trying to Aldi's, buy prom yeah. tickets. Aldi's trying to buy tickets for prom. They don't want to sell to her. She goes, oh, like you can't do math. Let me just help you. Like you don't know how to make change. And she goes, here's the money. I'm taking the ticket. And they get mad, and that's where they're going to start. Like, that's where the whole plot to mess with her happens. Meanwhile, you know, Mr. Coulson, I'm Mr. Barton. Mr. Coulson <laughs> has gotten, and I, I, this is another, like, he's, he wants her to do her best. Because yeah. she has said she's not going to go to college. So he's like, I sent your paper in to some friend, to a friend at Dartmouth, and they want to meet with you. She's like, Dartmouth? Because she went to Northwestern. Yeah. And so she, not that that's a bad school or anything like that. But, but she's Dartmouth, just like, yeah. wow, okay, um... That's a lot. Yeah, I'll think about it. And she's like, I can't tell him that, you know, this doesn't matter because I've already graduated. Yeah. Like, nothing. I can't. I'm not going to go back to college. So, you know, that. Th- th- but it is really nice of him to have tried that. And also, everybody in the office is now like, <gasps> like sitting there, like, like just waiting for that moment. They're like, oh, that's so great. You know, whatever. And that's where you get Gus like this. Mm-hmm. This is your story. Uh, Teach, uh, teacher-student relations, how close is too close? Yeah. And, and he's your story. And she's like, no, 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 no. Sam, I mean, Mr. Coulson, he's just a good guy. Like, it doesn't, nothing's, he goes, that's not why people are sitting on my couch all day watching you guys. Like, it's not, that's not it. Because mm-hmm. it's it's a thing, trust me, this is your story, it's what you're doing. I've already pitched it to the boss, yes. you're doing it. It is the story. Yeah. And he's like, I've already pitched it to the boss, you're doing it. And she's like, you've already pitched it, like, like no, yeah. I, like she doesn't want to do the story, but she doesn't have a choice. It's her. It's it's their jobs on the line. So he she he tells her she has to do it. So where am I at? Oh yeah, yeah. So Josie, they go to prom, which the, I do love that that she's dressed as Rosalind and he's dressed <laughs> as Orlando. I'm a sucker for that, and I do love her dress. Oh, I love that dress almost as much as I love her Ever After clothes. Man, I yeah. can't wait to talk about Ever After. <laughs> anyway, yeah. After this movie. Just, yeah. So they go to prom and it, she's telling the other three girls because they're dressed as Barbie, as different Barbies. Malibu Barbie, Disco, Disco Barbie, Barbie, and I don't remember. Evening Gal Barbie. Evening Gal Barbie, okay. So it's like, I'm Disco Barbie. Like the that, that person. But he's like, who are you guys? We're Rosalind and Orlando. No, no, no. No, they were. It's like, who are you, medieval Barbie? Barbie? Yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, we're Rosalind and Orlando, you know, from the play. And, Shakespeare. And everybody kind of looks at her and all of a sudden, guys goes, I get a, a sword. sword. Totally awesome. Awesome! <laughs> well, and then, like, I love when they're taking bets in the office. Even money that that kid pokes himself with the sword, sword. by the end of the night. Because <laughs> yeah. that's, that's Sean Whalen, I think is his real name. I don't know if you're yeah, from... Which, uh, the only thing I know him from is the Super Peanut Butter commercial. The, the uh, Hamilton Peanut the, Butter commercial. Yeah. It's the only thing I know him from. Okay. Milk commercial, well, I guess. The, not I, think, I think he's related to the kid who's in the, the bucket. Okay. I, yeah. I think, okay. Yeah. But he's her annoying assistant who has been nothing but a pain in the butt the whole movie. Yeah. So I didn't even bother mentioning him. Previously. Oh, I didn't either. Yeah. But but he's running a betting pool, and if she gets on the prom court, prom queen, <laughs> right. uh, even money that the kid pokes himself in the night, all that kind of stuff. So then you know the only two teachers in the school come out <laughs> to announce yep. prom king, prom queen, and and uh, they announce the, the princesses and the princes and then of course the, the female teacher announces the king is guy and so mr coulson gets to announce that josie is the prom queen and they have their dance and then like you know they have this really cute moment of he's, he's like what are you thinking and she does a shakespeare quote about she, how he described a night like this and she's like what are you thinking about my, my sword, sword. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is that is a teenage boy thing to say. So true. And so then she's getting punched and Mr. Coulson comes and asks her to dance. And she's actually like about to tell Mr. Cool. Like she takes off her camera because he has something to tell her and she has something she wants to tell him. She's about to come clean. 
Because mm-hmm. like this is this is the night to do it. It's prom. Come clean. You know, come clean with him and everything. And she's not going to do the story on him clearly because she's going to come clean with him. At that time, you also have the fact that that the nerds have shown up as DNA. And Guy is going to dance with Aldi's to distract her, basically, mm-hmm. while they dump Alpo on her. Now, this is going to be where Michelle gets personal for a second. We've had some Kia gets personal. Uh-huh. So, I was elected my prom queen. Yeah. As a joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't talk about it. I joke like I was prom queen, so I can say that. But, like, my school was so small that the senior class didn't elect the prom queen. The juniors did. Yeah. And they elected me and a guy that I had actually had a crush on for years uh, which you think, perfect fantasy moment. No, I, I found out later why they did it, and I knew at the time they did it because they didn't want to give it to anyone else, and they thought it would be funny to make he and I dance together because it was widely known through school that we hated each other. I fucking hate people. Um, and the dance was horrific because the whole time he's sitting there saying, uh, I'm going to kill whoever did this to me. I can't believe they would do this to us. I'm going to kill whoever did this. That's the entire, like, like two minutes we danced if that is this the person that i know yeah it's the person you know okay i i have wanted to run him over with my car on several occasions now i'm gonna make it happen he didn't know that it was a big deal to me to him it wasn't a big deal it was the opposite of being a big deal um yeah and i've the little interaction i've had with him he's an oblivious asshole oh he is he's totally oblivious still doesn't (laughs) but like so for me like that was my trigger button in this movie where I'm like, this is the meanest thing you can do to somebody is play a prank on prom. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and my school was, like I said, tiny. I graduated with, like, 20 people tops. Mm-hmm. The junior class was, like, slightly bigger. And and they and maybe they thought they were being nice to us, but I really, knowing those people, don't think that. Yeah. So, yeah, I will tell people I was prom queen, and but in the back of my head, I'm always like, but it was a joke. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't, it wasn't yeah. real. And... Like, I do remember the moment, and this sounds so weird, because there's that moment of, like, you're in every teen movie ever, and they said your name, and you're like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, and my friends were, like, I had, I had well, she's not my friend anymore, but I had someone that was sitting next to me that I used to be really good friends with, and she was like, they said your name, and she looked a little pissed, actually. So someone else said they said my name, and I was like, what? And so I get up and go to the front, and I was like, this is... Yeah. And then it clicks with me, oh, the juniors did this. Like, and then he starts dancing with me, and that all that's going uh, on. So it was just not a great... For me, that moment is, like, really triggering, because you see them dancing together, Guy and, and Aldi's, and they're, like, dancing together. Like, she is all up on that. I mean... It's, it's it, because she's in a leotard, it looks like they're dancing even closer than yeah. they actually are. It's just funny. But, and then they're about to dump Alpo on her. Josie stops it because she can't let this happen again. And like, like I said, for me, that was a moment where I was like, okay, that's a button. I didn't know that was even there. Oh, who knew? <laughs> Move on. But, um, but yeah, so she's like, I'm, you know, they're like, we, I knew we should have left you prom queen. She goes, I don't care. It takes the crown off those. I'm 25 years old. I'm a reporter with the Chicago Sun Times. And, you see Sam leave. Yeah. Like, Sam Sam just, oh, and leaves. And, you know, she gives them this beautiful speech. It, it's a great speech. It's like, I didn't write it down because I was like, yeah, she, this doesn't really pertain. I was like, anything. she lays out some truths, basically. She says, yeah. this doesn't matter. This, like, teenage bullcrap you're up to doesn't matter. doesn't matter if you're the biggest nerd in school or the most popular person. At the end of the day, you're leaving here and you won't be that anymore. Yeah. When, once you get out of here, you're not going to be the things you were here. It's yeah. not the way it works. And, you know, she kind of lays out, like I said, the truth, some truths for them. Yeah. And then she, she storms out. She outs Rob in doing so. She goes, the only reason you ever thought I was cool is my brother, brother pretended to be a student and told you that I was cool. And 
and was like, Robbie Rob? Like, the girls are, like, they, they were friends with him, and so they're kind of upset. Yeah. And he ends up having to awkwardly exit as well, because, well, awkwardness. Mm-hmm. Made it all the more awkward that he's dressed as Tom, Tom Cruise in risky business, yeah. and he's literally in a button-up shirt and tidy whities So... Then she rushes out, and George meets her at the door and says, did you get the... We lost the feed. Did you get the goods on Coulson? Did you get the story? Yeah. Sam is sitting just out of view. And George sees him and goes, I'm going to the van. Bye. Like, he... he, he George Bamps. He yeah. just goes fast. <laughs> and, you know, Sam and she have this really, like, conversation where he's like, how can I trust... Yeah. Like, she's like, but I was going to tell you, and, and you're not the story. I'm not going to story on you. And he goes, you have like, lied to me. Yeah. I, I have some of his yeah. quote. He's like, were, were you hoping I'd be happy? Like, because all of a sudden I was allowed to be attracted to you. Every word is, every word has been a lie. I don't know you at all. Yeah. It's like, I can't look at you the same way. Because he's, he's like, it's a fair point. Yeah. He's understandably upset. Like, she was like from his perspective at this point without having her whole story it looks like she was trying to entrap him yeah like, it feels like she was literally Which, there to get his but but it, it, from his perspective it could be from the beginning yeah. she was there to entrap him and get him in trouble yeah I, oh i'm fully aware i'm like you know i'm yeah. a tv show exists called to catch a predator yeah so, <laughs> so it's a thing so yeah that that happens she goes, uh, she goes, I don't remember where else she goes, and then she goes she, home. No, she, uh, oh yeah, yeah, she's going home, and Rob is there waiting for her, he's like, yeah. oh, well, I wanted to make sure that you're okay. She's like, no, I didn't, yeah. Yeah, she's like, oh, yeah, you know, blah, blah, blah. Really? Like, you came to check on me? And he's like, well, yeah, it's like, no. you know, it's like, yeah, and it's such, He's like, no, Josie, I didn't. He's, did you think about anyone besides yourself when you did this? And he's such a piss baby. <laughs> He's I yeah a little bit. He needs to to deal with his own crap a little bit. Th- yeah. This was literally like to me. This oh my god! It just I well, don't know why he he it's, thought his big chance was going to be like within the next few days he was going to play in that state championship and there were pro and minor league scouts that were going to be there. So he was looking for this to be his chance. And from his perspective, no, not that what what happens is is right or wrong. From his perspective, she outed him without thinking about him. Like just as an offhand side remark, she didn't. Like just outed him, and so now he's not going to play in the game. He's not going to get his. She just shot his chance in the. Like I understand. Yeah, not that that makes what he does right. But at the same time, she literally at the beginning of the movie has been telling him of like you know like you can still do things, but he doesn't believe that. He doesn't believe that, and so he like he feels like he needs to be part of a team, and that may be true. And I get that, but but you know what? I'm like you can still get on college teams. Yeah, but he doesn't. I mean, yeah. Mm. But yeah, so but, that happens, uh, and then you know they they get the Tribune gets scooped on that, or the the Times gets scooped, scooped by, the, by trib. the Tribune again, again on that. How did they even get that picture? Okay, well, a, who is it? Okay, we we had photographers That's at fair. my front. I'm like, you know, we had. But I'm more about like, how did they get scooped on that? Like, who was there that went and wrote an article for the Tribune the next day? Oh. It, I mean, I'm not. I mean, you have that in the court, so you've clearly got a, another reporter who is somewhere around this. Like, it's just interesting. Well, to but me. again, I'm like, reporters have beats. Yeah, sure. And so, I mean, when you have, I mean, like we, it was, it was in the paper, you know, like after our prom, you know, you know, prom and like homecoming and all that kind of stuff. Like, who was homecoming queen? 
you know, it doesn't surprise me that there was like a reporter on the outskirts yeah. who is literally just there yeah, to, to like, cover who the... literally just there to get the details to run yeah. like to run like a one inch column on a sidebar. Yeah. And then gets like a fucking scoop. I'm like, yeah, I'd fucking run with that. So Anyway, so they get scooped on that, and she's like, "No, I've got this. Like, I will. will I will fix your this story. You'll get your story. I will fix this." So she writes her story, and she tells an abbreviated version of what happened to her, mm-hmm. which we never actually Again. said. When she got asked to prom by the most popular guy, and I say it's a prank, I mean he pulled up in the limo and with, with his with his date and egged her. Which is why I do love that shot of guy pulling up and pulling out the rose. Like that is a good moment because, like you, you see, like you see the PTSD. Like, like you see then, her start to panic, and then the relief. Yes. So yeah, I do appreciate those particular two parts being put together. And like she hid it from her family. She went yeah. and ran off, so nobody knew that it really happened to her. I don't even think Rob knew. No, because I think if Rob had known that was going to happen, he wouldn't have allowed it. Because mm-hmm. he's he was popular in school, and he but he does love his sister. Like. Mm-hmm. Contrary to everything else, he does love his sister. So she writes her story, and we see, like, as her story is kind of playing, we also watch her go into a meeting with the, uh, the baseball with the coach. baseball coach, and she's like, "I need a favor. I'm going to get every single sports reporter to cover your story if this happens." She probably at that point also gets Rob the assistant coaching job, or at least oh. mentions to him that Rob would be available if he was interested in that. Yeah, sort of it's thing. like she totally gets robbed the job. You know, she gets permission from the, the coach and she writes the story and she's gonna be standing on the pitcher's mound at the state state tournament? Yeah. State championship. Baseball game, which why weren't all the sports reporters already gonna be there? It's the state championship baseball game, but whatever. And so she's gonna be standing on the mound uh, for five minutes before the pit, first pitch and she'd like Sam to come give her her first real kiss. And and this is being intercut with, with people crowding and it's, it's all happening now. And <laughs> and we see him packing to move to New York. Yes. Yeah, so he's not reading the story. Like he's just barely missing it, the story a bunch of times. Like we we are seeing like very pointedly him not reading the yeah. story. So then and then all of a sudden like the last time he reveals the page it's on and the movers have arrived. So and she's standing at pictures mound and the countdown is happening. Yeah. Although this is one of the part of the movie my sister quotes. <laughs> I I have heard you to quote this we often. Do. We do. Kimberly, because you have Gary Marshall, who is, like I said, the publisher, editor, I, whatever. And he comes in, he goes, Wieners! I got Wieners! Hot Wieners! And so my sister, to this day, will do that. When we're having, if we're having <laughs> hot dogs, it is the quote. If, if we're not, it is still a quote. Oh, yeah. If she's bringing me something from the other room, I got Wieners! Oh, yeah. Like, it, just, is, it is often said in this episode. I don't know why that's the quote that stuck with her. I don't know. Like, we watched, we had this movie growing up. But, yeah, yeah I don't know. It was just well, a thing. Because, okay, because, like, I know your sister, and she and I are alike in some ways, and sometimes you just get, like, this weird yeah. earworm. But, <laughs> but, yeah, that is that has been a quote for her for years. But, yeah, so then we have now this is gonna sound weird i feel i get a shirley temple vibe from the hair that they gave her in this last scene yeah i don't love it oh i don't love the hair in the last scene i don't think the dress was the right choice now that being said the the clock strikes the clock counts down everybody's josie josie it's a great moment and then he doesn't come and the face that she does is yeah. amazing. Right. And then the shot of the mic drop, I don't know why, but it's my favorite shot in this movie. It's good. I mean, it is literally like, 
it is the pin drop of defeat. Yeah, but like I love the that like the actual framing in the yeah. shot, and like it's I don't talk about that as like a lot, but like that is one of my favorite shots in this whole movie. Because like there's another thing that I, I have in my notes, but I didn't really talk about, and that is her hair throughout this movie is a journey. Yes, starts off with like ever after long long brunette hair, mm-hmm. moves into I don't know what that blonde mess is at the beginning. Yeah, like she's she, cut it. She she's, went from being she went from very like mousy kind of you know, long kind of stringy brown hair into, you know, a short, like platinum blonde bob. And she's done it like big. And then like, like it's, it gets, it's, it's poofy. Yeah. It gets better throughout the movie. My favorite time, her hair of her hair is probably that Ferris wheel ride with, with Coulson or when she's when, sitting yeah, on the bleachers. When at that time, like it's just, it's still blonde, but like she hasn't done anything to it. It's yeah. just, it's very natural. That or the bleachers with, with the girls like I, that. I love her hair and makeup in those scenes. Her yeah. makeup, is also I don't even do makeup like I don't I don't really do makeup hot mess at the beginning of the movie like when she starts at school so weird because she it's literally like they just went out and got like a copy of Teen Magazine, like she and, just we're, and we're looking so at like what is the quote unquote hottest trend. She's, so she's bad. wearing white lipstick, white iridescent yeah. lipstick. She at looks the, so she, bad. Anyway, it's it terrible. washes her out horribly. Yes, it's, it's awful. Anyway, that's just like the thing that I wanted to come back to and forgot. So the countdown finishes, and we get the the mic drop. Which is really great. And Drew, like, we had Drew Barrymore's, like, trying not to cry face, which is so good. Yeah. And then, like, just that little, like, half shrug and smile, like, didn't happen. Okay. And, and like, even everybody in the ice is like, oh, man. And then all of a sudden, there's a swell in the crowd. And he's running down the bleachers and, and onto the thing. And sorry, it took me so long. To, it took forever. No, it's to like, yeah, it's like, I'm sorry. It took me forever to get here. I know I'm, what you mean. I know what you mean. And a good kiss. A really good kiss. It's a good kiss. And... They're on the mound. I do remember watching my mom as a kid. And mom would go, "Okay, guys, click. You gotta go play the game now. You gotta, you gotta leave the mound, kids. You can't stay out here forever." <laughs> Which, knowing what I know of your mother, oh, I'm not surprised. I mean, by she this. she loves a good romance movie, but yeah, she she also loves the sports ball. She actually hated baseball growing up. It's not been until recently. Really? She, yeah, hated it growing up. When I was growing up, but anyway, so yeah, so and then we get that's where we get the shot of Rob as the assistant uh-huh. coach now, and he's like, "Go get him, Josie. Good job." And then he's like, "Okay, guys, we gotta play ball." go and that is actually a good place for rob to end like yeah to end there as because he's already they've actually mentioned it that he likes helping people Mm -hmm. it's not so much that he wants to be the star of the team he showed somebody a new bat a new swing or a new grip on their bat and it changed how they played the game and Mm -hmm. that's what he loves and Mm -hmm. what what makes him happy and so i appreciate that and then we go back and we see josie kissing as it pulls out and fades out to black and and like that because they give kiss they pull back to have the the took me forever to get here thing mm-hmm. and they go back to kissing cute cute yeah super cute i like those moments yeah <laughs> let's, let's have more I, of that like let's have half the movie have her be in high school and the other half be them learning how to live together her be by be by the time that um that it got to that you know like the, the five minute countdown i don't know why but i was just done <laughs> really was it's like at that point i'm like i don't care so like literally like my last note is that in the end credits they used the moffats music and i love the moffats oh the other thing and that happened while the kiss was happening in the movie anita and gus kissed in the, in the bleachers and i well, was yeah, like I, okay i did love that little touch of like when you know while the clock is counting down that like anita just kind of like you know like, yeah, they're, reaching, grasping like gra- they're grasping hands out of like tension and i did appreciate that little moment but i mean 
Except by that time, I was like, I, it's too little too late, people. I'm so done. But I like it even, guys. <laughs> oh, I do too. I like, there are lots of things, there are lots of moments in the movie I love. Well, not love. I like, there's, there's some things I love. And the other part of it is I love Drew Barrymore. And, like, I see where Ebert was coming from in that you have to have, like, like, yeah, Drew Barrymore does have a, especially at that point, had a specific charm yeah. to her. But there are I mean, like, so she, many things I don't like because I don't like secondhand embarrassment. I don't like secondhand embarrassment. And, like, like once we got to talking about it, I realized, like, honestly, I think this movie, like, you could have, like, Rob could be totally excised and, like, Anita given a bigger part. Because, I mean, the way that it stands, Anita's practically useless. Other than just be Anita and, and Gus both really yeah other Anita, than Gus telling her this is your story you have uh, to yeah Anita this. Anita and Gus both are like practically useless and there's just there's so much to this movie it's like I don't the, know like, the only if, reason Rob can't be excised is he's what helps her become cool you'd have to find a, a better way to do that and the whole I like the relationship with her and Rob a lot like I think that's a really interesting point the, okay I've just realized something and I think this is why it's all like a source of annoyance for me. It almost feels like she does none of the work because like Rob is what makes her That's popular. Fair. You know, Rob's what makes her popular. And like Gus is the one who decides her story. She's just there. Yeah, that's fair. She she doesn't that until the end. She's, until she's the, not the impetus until for her the own end, change. Yeah. Until the end, like she doesn't have any agency. Like not yeah. really. By the end, she becomes the impetus for her own stuff. Like she's yes. she's the one who gives him the countdown clock. She writes the story. She decides she will not do the story on Sam. Like from the moment she goes to pull the the crown off. Yeah, she is her moment, heroine. But yeah. literally, like it's. And a lot of that is part of the journey of her self-discovery, which is what the movie is really about. It's and like this, this is coming from a modern, you know, like twenty twenty sensibility, yeah. and not. I mean, it's you know, twenty. If this movie was twenty years, years old. old, it is, and like, and I get that, and yeah. I understand it, but the twenty, like the the mentality that I have in this current day, like twenty years later, like I'm literally realizing, like, okay, that it's her being told what to do by men. Mm-hmm. And that I'm like she like literally that she doesn't have much agency. Yeah. And that that the you know other than Anita, which again Anita really serves no purpose in this movie, other than Anita being the person who like Anita has a for lack of a better word rambunctious sex life. Yeah. And then like but we can't have a woman be comfortable in like her sexuality and like that she has many partners. So yeah. no, we have to tone her down and settle her down with Gus. And I mean, and, well to me, a lot of that felt like some of what she was doing was to make Gus jealous and to see what she see, could push I, but Gus no, buttons. I, I never the, felt that. See, I do from the, not, not necessarily with Roger, but some of the reactions he has to her because like there, there's a really good two shot of them toward the beginning. Yeah. How many times have I fired her? And like, but you can tell they're just pushing each other, but that she's pushing his buttons right. and seeing how many buttons she can push. Kind of thing. Okay, that's. But I always kind yeah. of took that from it. Maybe I just put more into it. I don't know. That's, that's, that was that was what I took from it because I that was what I decided. It's, but I don't know. Like, there's just there's just so much about this movie that watching it, like, I was just angry for so, a lot of it. I know you don't care, but do you think that they can stay together? I'm sure. Yeah, I think they can because they do have like a like they do have that love of writing and that love of prose and and like 
this could sound weird. He is. She was attracted to her, but they also had like it was built on intellect as much as it was mm-hmm. built on anything else. I really liked that aspect. Yeah. Like he, he, he was, he was attracted to her because of her brain, not because like of her, anything physical about her as far as we know. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. sure he thinks she's a lovely, lovely person, but it was her, her brain and her like writing that he liked. I like that aspect. I, yeah. But I, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, so what, what do you rate it? I mean, what do you rate it? No, what do you rate it? I'm rating it. It's a two. I'm going two and a half. Two and a half. It's a two for me. Be, like the I, first, even, even my love of Michael Varton and my love of Drew Barrymore yeah. cannot save this movie. See, and I, I thought about going to two. I ended up bringing it up to two and a half because there are just little touches here and there that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, that's why I wound up going to two and a half. Like the, the fact that the first forty minutes of this movie is is really hard for me to get through. Yeah. After that, I'm like I'm, I'm usually pretty okay, but like the first forty minutes, or, or rather after the first ten minutes, and then you have her everything with her at the beginning of school. I just have trouble watching. Oh, it's yeah. At the beginning, I just I have trouble watching it. I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. I, especially today, it makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But like I don't know, it just like there's something about it that doesn't like if they rewrote aspects of the movie. There could be really this could be really good if you wrote it correctly. Mm-hmm. I think you might have to drop the teacher student romance no matter what. You would absolutely have or to drop make the her an eighteen or you know, make there there are things you can do to make yeah. it more okay, but like let her maybe he gets in on maybe he finds out early mm-hmm. or something. Then 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 it's weird but it's okay because like he knows I'm... <laughs> like he's in on it with her or something. Like that's fine. Then him being attracted to her is totally legitimate and totally okay. But it kind of yeah. takes away from everything else. So I don't know. <laughs> I was like watching this. I just kept, you know, because there is the line of like, "Yay, you get to be seventeen again." No, and, and I literally had the thought of like, "Who the who would want to be seventeen again?" The Kirstens and the guys and right. those people. But then I remembered, fuck, there's a movie called Seventeen Again. That's a good movie. It's a good movie, but it is, but I'm, but I haven't watched it in a while, and I do, I do love the movie. Yeah, and I think like it was the first time like Zac Efron got a chance to really shine. Yeah, and also, I mean, my God, I, I think I, I've mentioned before, I, he had to have like, like stalked Matthew Perry and like yeah. lived in his trash can or something. Pretty much. I mean, yeah, his manner, like, his, his manner is absurd, but. It's like the fact, I'm like, you know, he is like, he's a grown man who becomes 17 and like, but he's trying to like get his family back. It's a whole different thing, but like, there's still parts of it that are weird and wrong. And it's like, I don't know how, like, I want to rewatch it now. And I know you and I have kind of talked about watching it. Yeah. And like, there's a part of it, I just kind of want to do like a contrast and compare. Of like, because I I might hate that one too. Upon <laughs> rewatching that's it, that's fair. In modern uh, that day, one but... has that one has a difference in that he makes a move on his wife. Yeah, and she slaps the crap out of the seventeen year old boy. She's like, this yeah, is inappropriate. But his daughter okay. also tries to make, moves but but on also him. he but he doesn't allow that either. Like I know. like it's very much like a, this is happening, but I am not okay with this. Like yeah. this is not an okay situation. Whereas this movie does less of the this is an yeah. obvious. and I, a lot of that I really think a lot of that has to do with the time period as. Yeah. Yeah. Just anything else. Yeah. I just... Anyway. I, I will say, like, I, I hate it differently than I hate... Then I hate some other things that we've watched. That's fair. But the acting in it is all pretty good. The acting is like, all good. It's just some of the stories. And, and what we talked about with the writers, where we said it explains some stuff. You don't like Valentine's Day. I, I hate Valentine's Day. You don't like... I, I, okay. 
I don't like Valentine's Day. I hate it because it is like it is a love actually ripoff, yeah. and like it it is. But you yeah. also don't like he's I, just not that. Into I fucking you. hate he's just not that into exactly. You. And like those are and some of the problematic things in those, yes, especially he's just not that into you, are in this movie. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's a huge piece of it is that the writers are writing things that we don't like. Yeah, I think that's a piece of it. Like that that's yeah. definitely a piece of it for us. The the acting in it is superb. I love the actors. Uh, I think the directing is. Fine. The directing is good. I don't the, the flashbacks. I don't love. Like the I said, flashbacks that's forever. I, mean, I, be... I will say this. Like for for a lot of this is gonna sound really weird, but like I, you basically live in my brain. <laughs> so like it's like take this how I'm going to mean, like not necessarily how I'm going to describe it. But that it seems like a lot of because most most rom coms like most romance movies unless they are. You know, like some like something really big or like yeah, that that a lot of like the sets and you know some of like the costume and stuff can feel, for lack of a better word, disposable. Yeah, Be- like the like I, I don't know why, but I just thought of thirteen going on thirty. Yeah, and like to me, a, like a lot of that, like the house and like the setting and everything. I don't remember any of that stuff. <laughs> like, it's just, it's very, it's all just flat. And, like, none of that really plays into the characters for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. And, like, whereas, like, with this movie, there, there's a lot of, like, the settings and the costuming and everything, it feels, it feels solid. And it lends credence to the characters yeah. and, like, the environments that they're in. Yeah. And, like, I, watching that, I, re-watching this movie, I appreciated that. Yeah. Like, I definitely did. The plot is a hot mess. The plot that's is the a problem. hot mess. Yeah. All right. So that's all I have. Yeah. I, like, I could rant for, like, another three hours, but I won't. So <laughs> that will get it for this episode of Couch Buddies. As always, thank you very much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode of Couch Buddies, why not leave us a rating and review over on iTunes? And while you're at it, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your podcast app so you never miss an episode. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us by searching on social media. We're Couch Buddies Pod on Twitter, on Tumblr at couchbuddies.tumblr.com, and you can email us at couchbuddiespod at gmail.com.